Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the post to my vespertine, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Happy Bjork Day. Happy Bjork Day. Bjork, Bjork's new album is out. I never knew that you were such a big Bjork fan, honestly. Really? Yeah. Well, learn something new every week. I feel like I've mentioned it on like the last three podcasts. And this will probably, I probably won't mention it next week. Although I guess we'll talk about like the albums for sale now. Maybe we'll talk about uh, that Bjork album sales next week. That'll be our lead story. Hate to break it to you, I don't have a projection yet for what it's going to do in its first week. That's fine. We'll save that for next week. We can we can keep stringing Bjork into every pop shop podcast, just like all of our listeners want. Um, Keith, we have a fun show today. We are going to be talking about Megan Trainer, Fall Out Boy, Uptown Funk, Ed Sheeran, Maroon 5, Cle- Kelly Clarkson, Sia, and then we are going to be joined by Dawn Richard of Danny Kane fame, as well as her great new solo album, Black Heart. She stopped by the Pop Shop Podcast to talk about the making of that album and moving on from Danny Kane and what's next in her solo career. So um, she's, uh, she's great and and um, she's a, a really compelling artist, so can't wait to get to that. Um, Keith, before we get started, a couple house cleaning notes. Ooh, um, house cleaning. Oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, big thank you again to Tyler Oakley for co-hosting last week's episode, which was our 2015 pop music preview. It's an hour long. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud right now. It was a blast. I'm sure we'll we'll have Tyler back on the show as soon as we can, but... It was fun, man. It, it was awesome. I mean, he was out in L.A. with you. Um, so, he but was. I guess we're, Indeed. I guess we're probably gonna uh, touch base with him at the Grammys, which is is kind of cool. Yes. Um, we may have just tipped someone's hand, but he he may or may not be at the Grammy Awards. <laughs> he may or may not. <laughs> he be may at or the may Grammys. not be. Uh, you know, you never know. Yeah. Um, and the, the second house cleaning thing I want to note is is. Uh, just to say, if you like the show, give us a rating in iTunes. Uh, we mention this sometimes on the show and on Twitter, but it helps our stats, and we always welcome listener feedback. We had one user uh, comment on uh, on iTunes this past week about Madonna, which was very fun and welcomed. And uh, yeah, just give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll it'll take a second. Give us it, a rating. A fr- subscribe. Yeah, share subscribe it too we're, we're not yeah, we're not above the idea of promoting ourselves and yeah and and when it's good quality content we're gonna promote it so i know just to, you know, yeah. if, if you like us on billboard.com when you listen to the soundcloud embed feel free to go over to itunes it's a whole new experience it's fun there's a ton of podcasts to choose from and we're one of them so why not us too done and done all right so keith let's get to the pop music goodness of this week first of all we got to talk about megan trainer uh we we've brought her up many times on the show because of her singles which have done very well all about that bass lips are moving both top five hits in the case of all about the bass a number one hit for multiple weeks yep and now she has a number one album it seems it seems indeed she does <laughs> it's not very cool it's not a seeming thing megan trainer is number one on the billboard 200 chart Uh, She had a really uh, big uh, first week. So her uh, first full-length album, which is called Tidal, uh, came out last week. And it follows a four-song EP that she put out last year that was also called Tidal, just to confuse everyone. So she has a Tidal EP (laughs) and then a full-length album also called 
title. So it's like an it's like an Abbott and Costello at like bit. It's like what what was the title of uh, what that was the title first EP? Oh, title. The title. The title's title. Ti- no, the title of it. Oh no, it's title. What? Ti- anyway, what title? You mean that title that's on the title chart? <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, um, Megan Trainer's title debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 chart, and it's uh, it, it shifted 238,000 overall units. Now remember wow. that unit figure is traditional album sales, uh, and then streaming equivalent albums and track equivalent albums. Um, to to make it a little bit more easier. We would then say now that she sold <laughs> yeah. uh, 195,000 albums in the pure traditional sense, uh, in, in the sort of the old-fashioned way where we talk about pure album sales. So just looking at that number, that's a really big sales figure for January. Yes. Uh, because generally speaking, most big albums don't come out in January. Um and it's kind of like a like a dead period for new for new releases. So anyway, you slice it. It's a really impressive uh, figure for Megan, both the overall unit figure and her traditional album sales figure. Um, certainly, she's had months and months of build up to this because of the success, as you said, of All About That Bass, which was number one for eight weeks on the Billboard uh, Hot 100 yeah. chart. Then she had a top five, you know, success with Lips Are Moving. So she's had a lot of exposure leading up to this. She had the EP that was helping you know, get people into the fold of becoming a, a uh, what's what's her, Megatrons? Is that her fan base called? Megatrons, yeah. So yeah, she's been, you know, doing, but I think a lot of people were probably surprised at how well this album did. I think I think if you asked her label and her team, I would think that they probably thought it was going to start a little bit softer if you asked them like, you know, a month or two ago. So yeah, I think this I is mean, a really big number for them. It's very impressive for a new artist like Megan Trainer who, you know, before this moment wasn't necessarily an albums artist. You know, we talk uh, uh, so many times on the show about singles artists versus albums artists. I mean, you look at someone like Ariana Grande, who has ha- who dominated the summer basically with her her singles, and you know she had a number one album debut, uh, her second number one album debut, in fact. But my everything sold slightly less than Megan Trainer. Like, I mean, it it's, sold one hundred and sixty nine thousand. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I, again, it's it's comparing two different artists and two different projects. But this is to say that like Megan Trainer sold a lot of copies this week for for someone who a year ago no one really knew who she was. And you know, speaking of which, takes Taylor Swift's nineteen eighty nine momentarily at least out of the top spot on the Billboard 200 albums chart. We kind of saw this coming. We uh, A couple weeks ago on the show, we talked about what January releases could topple 1989, which has spent multiple weeks at number one. And uh, Title was the one to do it, man. Did, did, did we actually say that Megan Trainer would debut at number one? Were, were we confident we, of that? We tossed it out. I don't think we were that confident. Yeah, I don't think we were either. <laughs> we tossed it out. We, we tossed out a couple ones. I know we mentioned uh, Fall Out Boy, which is coming out this week, Fifth Harmony, which is coming out next week. But yeah, we definitely mentioned Megan Trainer, and she did it. Uh, I, I assume Taylor Swift falls to number two on this yes. Yeah, Taylor Swift is number two this week. Falls one spot with 1989. Um, uh, do you want me to uh, quickly run down the rest of the big notable debuts in the top ten? I can just say Let's them do really it. quickly. Yeah. Um, the Kids Bop Kids can't keep those darn kids down. Uh, kids Bop 27. They keep bopping. They keep on bopping. They do it. De- they debut, they debut at number three on the Billboard 200. 
Uh, Mark Ronson's Uptown Special uh, debuts at number five, powered, of course, by his uh, huge number one Uptown hit, Funk. Uptown Funk. Um, Maroon 5, actually, this is not a debut, but it's it's a huge jump. They jump 15 to 8 into the top 10, thanks to the uh, sort of viral success with their new single, Sugar, and that video where they allegedly crash weddings, but they're not really crashing any weddings. It's all like a ruse. Um, and then um, just outside the top 10, um, Ella Henderson uh, debuts at number 11 with her new album, her debut album, Chapter One. Hey, there you go. Ella Henderson, a friend of the Pop Shop podcast. Yes, previous so, guest. Yes. No, let's let's look ahead for a second to next week. Uh, Fall Out Boy has their new album, American Beauty, American Psycho. Um, and this is coming less than two years after Save Rock and Roll, their comeback album after an extended hiatus. That album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. Is it looking like, do you, do you have a projection for that album? I do. Is it is it aiming for number one next week? Yeah, it, it will, unless something goes crazy wrong, Fall Out Boy should debut at number one on the Billboard 200 next week. Um, don't have an exact, it's really hard to figure out that that new overall consumption unit number. Sure. Um, but it's looking like the album could do over 180 thousand in traditional album sales maybe a little bit more it could hit 200 um and then perhaps its overall unit figure would be even over 200 uh so yeah it should certainly be number one um to compare their last album save rock and roll as you talked about did debut at number one but it sold 154,000 copies so it looks like this album is going to start off much stronger than the last album which speaks to the kind of rebuilding that Save Rock and Roll did and probably um, got them some new fans and maybe some fans that had maybe fallen by the wayside. Maybe they got them back. Yeah, I mean, Fall Out Boy is one of the few rock bands out there right now that are that is really making a dent in the pop world, not just with album sales, because, you know, you, know, you, you see some rock acts just continue to put out uh, albums that sell well, like Black Keys and Foo Fighters, but you also have Fall Out Boy is, is a band that can score like a top 20 hit on the Hot 100 with a song like Centuries. Yeah, which no, is, I mean, they, they, they've, they've had hits with, you know, Alone Together and Centuries, and, you know, of course, the, the big hit from the last album was My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark. Um, yeah. Light them up. Light them up. Light them up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta say I, I know I, I know that you're not a big Fall Out Boy I'm not, fan, I, uh, but I'm more you, aware of their stuff now than I probably have been in a very long time. <laughs> like I actually have, know like two Fall Out Boy hits in my head. I can actually like hum them for hey. you, which is pretty remarkable. <laughs> for, well, first of all, um, for those listening, go to Billboard.com because today uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. It'll still be up on Thursday. Uh, Chris Payne, our um, our alternative rock guru on Billboard.com is posting the ten best Fall Out Boy songs ever. Oh. Um, a list I'm very—I had many questions about uh, because it's very close to my heart as well. And um, my second point is that Fall Out Boy is—I don't know if it's a new single, but it's the new song. The the song they released just before the album came out. It's called Uma Thurman. Debuts at number 73 on the Hot 100. It is my favorite song on American Beauty, American Psycho. Keith, you have to check out this song because. It is so cool how it's it's basically built around a sample of the Munsters theme song, back from you know like the Munsters, da, 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 da. The, the classic t- TV show. Or is that Adam's Family? That's Adam's Family, isn't it? Anyway, keep going. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah yeah that that's Adam's Family, but Munsters is like the oh. 
So now thousands of people have listened to us singing the Monsters theme song, but they do it a lot better on uh, Uma Thurman. It's such a cool song, can and uh, like I said, it debuts number seventy-three. Can you um, on the Hot can you uh, name uh, some other famous names that have hit the Hot One Hundred in terms of like song titles that have proper names in them, like Uma Thurman? Well, the first one, embarrassingly, the first one that comes to mind is Walks Like Rihanna, that Wanted song from a couple years ago. Do you remember that song? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, I, I, only because I was researching this earlier. Um, what else we got? Well, Walk like, Walks Like Rihanna actually didn't chart on the Hot 100, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Aww. Sorry. Um, j- just a couple. Um, Duck Sauces, Barbra Streisand. Yeah, of Great song. Then you have um, Taylor Swift's Tim McGraw, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then uh, you have Kim Carnes's Betty Davis Eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just a couple, but it's a fun thing. Um, uh, we may or may not do something about this later this week on Billboard.com, but there's a fun list of you know proper names and hits on the Hot 100. There you go. Very cool. Yeah. No, it's it's such a. I, I would love to read that. That's that's a fun little chart statty. That's what you guys do best. That's what we man. live for. Um, so speaking of the Hot 100, where Uma Thurman debuts, um, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars is still number one. This is week number three, I believe, for that song. And four. Um, week number four? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Three, four. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll check because yeah. I've got the power of a yeah. computer in front of me. <laughs> While you check, I'm going to say that Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud. Third week. New single. <laughs> Third week at number one. The, yeah, see? I, oh, man. Man, I suck. I'm, nah, okay. Come on. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud is up to number two this week. It was number four. Now this is, uh, it continues to be Ed Sheeran's highest charting hit on the Hot 100. And Keith, my question to you is: Looking at all all the stats, um, I don't know if you have, have had a chance to glance at them. Do you think "Thinking Out Loud" could be Ed Sheeran's first number one single on the Hot 100? Well, um, well you know, <laughs> he, he. But here, let me let me let me let me bring up the numbers in front of me. Um, so you're thinking out loud, right? Now. I'm thinking out loud. Um, I'm kind of stalling out loud. He's he's so Ed Sheeran's number two. Yeah, he goes four to two. He's still he's he's really far behind. Number one. So Uptown Funk is really like there's this that huge like sort of like I mean it's not like Grand Canyon sized space between them, but it's like pretty hefty and and Uptown Funk continues to gain at a much higher rate. So Ed Sheeran could be one of those like oh it was great to be number two for like a month type songs. So yeah, we'll see. But it looks like it looks like Mark Ronson's settling in for a nice long run at number one. Well, there you go. I mean, we kind of saw this coming. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see if Thinking Out Loud continues to grow. And you know, up to number two, it's it is crazy that this song is Ed Sheeran's biggest hit to date. You think of how long the A Team was was on the Hot 100, and and then you think of like songs like Don't and Sing, but they just never got into y- you know the upper the upper upper reaches of the Hot 100. Uh, just like thinking out loud. Speaking of which, uh, Maroon Five Sugar, which you mentioned earlier in the show, it debuts at number eight. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. I mean. Maroon 5, No Stranger to the top 10 of the Hot 100. Both of their previous singles, uh, Animals and Maps, were in there. But this is, uh, I mean, this is a big debut, and it's mostly, I, I assume, mostly due to that viral-friendly music video release that came out 
It was uh, actually last Wednesday, I believe, it, 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 the video was released. Yeah, the um, it, I mean, it was it 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 was up, you know, in, in sales and airplay, of course, but um, uh, the it had a huge gain in streams. But keep in mind, um, as I'm looking at the math in front of me, I'm looking at like sort of sure. a spreadsheet here. Um, actually, most of its points this week on the Hot 100 came from sales. So um, it isn't just you know a crazy viral phenomenon on its own. However, without the video, um, this would not be in the top ten. It would be much. It would be farther down the chart. Um, yeah. Um, its airplay though is just is just kind of uh, getting started. Um, it's doing well, um, but it's not. Um, it's it's. I'm trying to see where it is. It's not in the top ten yet um, because Animals is still the big the big uh, hit single on the radio. So. We could see this dip a little bit uh, in the next week or two as the the airplay catches up. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, falls out of the top ten next week. Well, we kind of saw that, and and skipping ahead to the to the next song I want to talk about is uh, "Sia's Elastic Heart," which kind of the same effect. It, it dips this week outside of the top twenty. Debuted in the top twenty last week, essentially because of and we didn't talk about it on last week's show, but debuts in the top twenty basically because of the new video with Maddie Ziegler and Shia LaBeouf. Um, everybody was watching that video when it came out, and and it's still doing very well. Um, but like you said, it, same thing with Maroon 5's song, it, new song "Sugar." The radio airplay is, is just not there yet. And but but I, I mean, listening to Elastic Heart, I think this has the, I think this has Smash written all over it. I mean, the song is now a year and a half old because it was it was on the Hunger Games Catching Fire soundtrack, not even the latest Hunger Games soundtrack. Um, it's now released in a uh, solo version on Sia's album, Thousand Forms of Fear. What, what do you think of this song, Keith? Um, I actually think it could be a real hit. Um, you know, the, the SNL performance uh, that she did was yeah super compelling, and we actually got to see more of Sia than we normally see of Sia. Huh. We got to see a little more of Sia. Oh man! Do you think that she's like slowly working her way up to just revealing her face? <laughs> like, I mean, the Grammys are coming up. Uh, well, like, I, do you think? I bet you she'll be on the Grammy Awards, and I bet there's going to be some sort of unique performance that will probably, you know, showcase her. I, I would imagine that there's probably them trying to figure out a way where they can, you know, creatively, you know make her you know still the focus of the performance but at the same yeah. time you know keep it within something that she's comfortable in doing but yeah i mean it'd be it'd be weird to think if she wasn't on the grammy awards performing but you asked me what i think of the song i think the song could be a hit i think it's interesting and quirky and different enough and still kind of groovy at the same time so i think it could be a hit yeah i totally agree and it's it's funny going back to the performances how on one hand it's like all right, come on, like, come on, Sia. Like, as much as we, you know, we respect her wishes and, and her desire not to show her face, it's like, you know, you, like, there are press photos of Sia out there. You can do a qu- quick Google image search and, and see what Sia looks like if you really want to, uh, very easily. But on the same, t- at, uh, on the other hand, like, by hiding her face, we've gotten so many unique performances, like the two that we had on SNL this past weekend. Um, as well as the ones with Lena Dunham and and the other ones with Maddie Ziegler on Ellen. I, I mean, it's not the worst thing, I guess, that she's not sh- that she's turning her back to her audience literally and letting other people interpret her songs for her. Just kind of switches up the performance mold on late night television. I I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, 
So cool. Anyway, going back to the Hot 100, the last song I want to talk about, Keith, is Kelly Clarkson's new single, Heartbeat Song. It came out last week and debuts at number 37 on this week's Hot 100 chart. And, uh, you know, a top 40 debut for Kelly Clarkson. But, you know, is this like a little bit lower than expected, Keith? I mean, this is Kelly Clarkson's big comeback single. It's been a couple years since her last project. And, you know, it, it could eventually get there. And, and it doesn't obviously have the radio play yet. But what do you what do you think of this debut? I think we can't judge this necessarily just by the first week. Because, True. as I mentioned last week on the podcast, um her last studio album, uh, which was back in 2011, um, its first single was Mr. Know-It-All, which, you know, did okay. It debuted, at 18. it debuted at 18 on the Hot 100 and then eventually climbed number 10. But then the second single was Stronger, What Doesn't Kill You, and that became a number one hit. So I think this is just one of those things where um, they're kind of reintroducing Kelly um, you know, she's had a baby, you know, she put out a greatest hits album, she put out a Christmas album, she's had some time to sort of regroup. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be all about like, boom, first week. Yeah, it's like, you know, no, Kelly Clarkson is a career artist that has a, you know, very like a more than a decade's worth of hit material behind her. It's not just about the first week. So we will see where this goes in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, on the offset, you kind of hope that it's it's going to have a bigger debut but at the same time uh the video is not out yet maybe it'll have a, a splashy push because of that in the in the coming weeks and as radio latches on to this song it'll be interesting to see how high it can climb and yeah like you said the the second single from her last album stronger was the one that really exploded what doesn't kill you and um so maybe maybe heartbeat song really isn't the the huge look here maybe there's another song coming i'm I'm, i've said this a couple times but i'm really glad that she's worked with great kirsten again on this new album uh which is coming in march can't wait for that one um so keith so let's quickly get to don richard again Dawn is, was a member of both Danny DeCane and Diddy Dirty Money and has moved on from both of those projects to release some really stunning solo albums. 2013, she released a great album called Golden Heart, which was full of, of just really slick, icy R&B music. And now this new one that came out last, last week, Black Heart, it's on Spotify. Check it out. It's just one of the weirdest, most compelling R&B releases you're, you're going to hear this year. Um, so, Keith, she stopped by, like I said, to talk about the end of Danny Kane and going independent and Blackheart and the next steps in her solo career. Also, I want to point out that I was joined on this interview by Billboard's Stephen Horowitz, who is a huge Don Richard fan as well and wanted to tag team this interview. So if you hear a voice that is not mine and is not Don's, uh, it's Steven. He's he's uh he was in the Pop Shop Podcast house. So uh, here we go, Dom Richard on the Pop Shop Podcast. We were just talking about it a little bit, but you've had such an insane year. Yeah. What does this moment, this culmination, feel like for you? <sighs> Euphoria. Like I'm I'm kind of like in this state of surrealness because um it kind of was a bit dark and crazy in the beginning and kind of like literally seeing the fruits of our labor now and what's even more like just in awe I'm in awe of is that it's only two of us doing this so it's really exciting to see people embrace a project that literally is being curated by two people 
Yeah. And when you say two people, you mean you and your uh, assistant, Kyle. Me, yeah, me and, awesome. and Iron Man, Kyle. Iron Man, Kyle. He is not really a human. He is you actually are... a super hero. <laughs> he is a superhero. Yeah. I mean, you're doing this without, like you said, a manager. No manager. No label. No label. No PR. How no don't... I mean, you've you've had it from the other side of the major label life. How how much is this better? Do you prefer this or is it, is it that much harder? Like what, how would you compare the two experiences? It's not about harder or better. It's just two different worlds completely. Yeah. Um, I will say it is fairly impossible to act as a label. You have to have a large amount of money behind you to really move the way I would really want to move. My, my mind and my ideas really operate too big for the reality of my pockets. Yeah. Um, but what we've managed to do is act as a small business. And so we've put our money in the right places, made smart moves strategically, really kind of been smart about the way we market ourselves. And what we've managed to do is not try to compete as a label, but re- but but more so be authentic in our delivery. And I think when you're real, people gravitate towards you. So when we don't have the biggest of things, what we try to do is be relatable um, and reach people in a real way. And that's the best we can do is move small, but move with intent yeah. you know, and purpose. Yeah. I mean, this, this, no part of this album is small to me. This is a, a <laughs> grand statement. Right. And I, I want to talk a little bit about transitioning from the pop of Danity Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys just put out a, a new album a few months ago. Yeah. And now you're going into Blackheart. Like, how do you expect people to find the the transition a little bit jarring? Like, how how do you kind of prepare people for this experience? That's an awesome question because that's exactly what it is. I mean, people almost find it hard to believe. Yeah. And I think that's why it's been hard to get labels because people just don't like indie labels are like, we don't believe. And I mean, is she really indie? She was just pop five seconds ago. She was in a pop group. And then mainstream is like, I mean, well, are you mainstream? Because now you're doing this totally different type of music. So it does take people a bit off guard. But what I always say to this is I was always me coming into this. When I chose to do Making the Band, I came from New Orleans where there were no options. Yeah. There were no choices. And so to do a show that you could actually, you know, you have an option to really sing, that was an alternate. That was it. We didn't have American Idol and all that back then. No one was coming to New Orleans. Yeah. So that was my choice to get into that because I really wanted to sing. I had no idea that choosing that would mean people would only see me in one light. Because I always saw music as everything. Like telling you I loved Bjork and I was from New Orleans, a black kid from the Night Ward who first concert was Green Day. Yeah. That was who I was. So I came into making the band and Danity came thinking I could be whatever I wanted to be. I had no clue people would say, okay, you're pop, now you have to stay there. Yeah. And what's ironic to me is people find what I'm doing so jarring, but then you look at someone like a Taylor Swift who started in country who had like a sundress on to her knees and then now is create it become a pop star. Yeah. Like literally transitioned ever so quickly and cleanly and it's not a surprise or jarring to to anyone. I mean her people her label model looked at her and said, You're ridiculous, but the world believed in her. They took that chance. Billy Jean Trill and Pillin like a fade. I never stay so long on my own crate. And if you're lucky, 2023, send that pretty number to my new legal team. No one sheep up in the city. I'm curious because from Armor On to Golden Heart and now to Black Heart, I, I mean, the first two projects were kind of, the songs were a little bit more. I, I guess manicured, you could say. They they had a lot more structure to them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm listening to Blackheart, and the songs really go in so many different directions. I mean, what kind of headspace um, did you have to get into kind of 
think that that broad i i guess life happened like that was what life <laughs> was making me feel and that was just the honest output of that like you know i was structured in, in golden heart when you're naive and you've got your plan you're coming from in, into life and you're just now going through life you got a whole little fucking manila folder or you're like you know you're like <laughs> i'm going to be this i'm going to be a surgeon i'm going to be awesome that's what i'm going to be when you come to your first job you're like i'm going to have the best outfit ever and then after year 3 you coming in with your sweats and your boss hates you and you you know that black heart our life was different than what i thought it was going to be and so it was all over the place mm-hmm. but but structurally so like beautifully so sometimes your biggest and your best moments are your messiest and to me that it's you know black heart isn't messy but it is jarring like you said it is yeah. uncomfortable it's all those feelings you feel when you fall on your face and I felt pretty damn hard yeah. so that's honest and then the, the fact that you said that makes me happy because you understand what it is that is exactly what those feelings were mm-hmm. and golden heart was exactly what you felt with the structure of that that's where i was in that time music should imitate your your life art imitates life yeah i mean going back to what you said just about that kind of mess that you've come out of i mean i i saw danity kane when you guys performed in new york yeah. it was a fun show um, this ride that you had with the reunited group was was brief, but did did you enjoy the the making of this album and the shows? And I, I know that it, it ended kind of strangely, yeah. but did you enjoy that? Absolutely. Process? I mean, yeah, because it's music. Yeah. And when you get to share your dream with other people, that was the point of doing it. It was bigger than us. Um, sometimes we get lost in that, and we it starts to be about us and not about the people and the music. Um, yeah, I loved it because every time I'm on stage with someone or even just my music, I'm in love. I'm happy, happiest moments there. It's dealing with people that is the sucky part. If I could just yeah. deal with notes and music, life would be grand. But people are the ones that make it all messy and icky, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that I, I assume that's why carving out a space as a solo artist has been i mean after you know dandy kane as well as diddy dirty money like this is you seem the happiest doing this well because no one's questioning it it's just organic it's not about taking money and making money and numbers and you know we got to do this and we have to make this look good and we have to have a tv show we have to not have a tv show we have it's so it's so stripped down to just art music is it is what are we saying what is the message who are we trying to move healing people that's all it needs to be about if it starts there the rest will follow um that's why it's been so easy with this process because it's literally just you know the the board the mic and the creation We were talking before and you said that your album's almost done. So what can we expect from that record? I think this where we where I am now in Blackheart is where the sound is. I'm 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 not caring and I think with this album that I've just placed, it causes people to dream a bit bigger with me. So red I mean the red era um will just be a lot more of this, but in a way more comfortable zone, you know. I'm playing with a little folk, a little folk which I really, really love, you know. Um, and then also a lot of hard trap beats. And But the great part is, and I think people, this is what they get excited about, I'll do that on the same album and it'll never feel like it didn't belong mm-hmm. there. Like with even with Blackheart, there are a lot. Warriors is a little more iron, urban yeah. pop. But then the end of Blackheart with that trip, 
electro, they all fit mm-hmm. seamlessly. Yeah. You never really feel like anything's forced. That's how the Red Arrow will be, you know, nothing forced, but playing with so many sounds that it fits for everybody. There is something on this album for any kind of head, mm-hmm. any kind of junkie. When, when do you do you have any kind of estimation? I might just no. I'm just gonna. I, I'll, if it's Someday. when it's done, I'll just throw it. All right. All right. Yeah, and I'll just be like, hey guys, <laughs> want to write some stuff about <laughs> it? So again, thanks to Don Richard for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast. Check out Blackheart. It is out now. It is great. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a really interesting listen. It's always fun when we can have on this podcast, you know, interesting artists. Um, we get so many different artists chiming in on this show weekly. And I was really happy to have Don as one of them. Um, so Keith. That's going to do it for us, basically, except for... <laughs> I was like, your wait char- a second. <laughs> wait. Oh, hey. Your Char Stat of the Week. <laughs> do, 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 do. I was like, how could you forget? How could you I would never forget. forget? Um, so this week in 1998, on January 24th, 1998, the soundtrack to Titanic sailed to number one on the Billboard 200 chart. And spent 16 straight weeks atop oh, the list. Straight weeks? It's crazy. It's, are you okay? Have you had something over there? No, man. I mean, 16 straight weeks. I mean, even like 1989 has been going for weeks and weeks at number one, but dips in and out of number one. Like 16 straight, four months at number one. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, no album would actually spend more time at number one until Adele's 21 racked up 24 non-consecutive weeks atop the list back in 2011 and 2012. Uh, Titanic even spawned the rare, super successful sequel soundtrack, which is, you know, kind of unusual. It was called Back to Titanic, which peaked number two on the Billboard 200, uh, stuck behind Lauryn Hill's The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Of course, the Titanic soundtrack uh, contained the mega-hit My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion, which hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It was inescapable for most of 1998 and was so ubiquitous that uh, it won Record of the Year the following year at the Grammy Awards, and it also won the Best Original Song Academy Award at the Oscars. Um, Everything was coming up Titanic for Celine Dion. Uh, So there you go. This week in 1998, Titanic hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Thank you, Keith, for your unsinkable Charts Out of the Week. All right, man, that is going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast this week. It's crazy because I feel like the last couple of shows we've had have stretched on past like the 45-minute mark to the hour mark, and this one is like nice and tidy. Got through all that chart stat news, uh, got to Dawn interview, and uh, we well, out of here. You know what we're, we're doing is we're, we're we're kind of we're 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 trying to conserve ourselves because we have a lot of big shows coming up, including a lot of stuff happening during Grammy week. So, oh my goodness, I know. Just we, you we wait, some, you guys. I know we got some really really cool stuff coming up. We have a, a, an awesome guest next week. We have uh, some cool stuff, as Keith said, in the works for Grammys. Can't wait to unveil all of that. Keith, do you have any parting words? I do not. All right, we are going to go out. I, like I said, man, it's Bjork week. We got to go out on a Bjork song. Let's go out on. Um, hmm. So so quiet. Mm. Yeah, you know what? Let's go out on. It's so so quiet. Thanks for listening, everybody, and take care.